Hello, PAX West. How's everyone doing? Good, good first day. tired. <laughs> Some people resting in the back. I think they're, they're exhausted. Resting? There's still more panels after this, folks. You've got to keep going. All right, well, that's Mike one. trying to sell his next panel already. <laughs> um, welcome to Hidden Gems, Discovering the Undiscovered of PAX West. I'm Dylan Alvento, the co-founder of Ward Games. Joining me today, Mike Williams, reviews editor over at US Gamer. Hello, hello, folks. How are you doing today? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Wow, you speak to them with that sultry voice. You get all the applause. Uh, next to him, Dante Douglas. You might know his work from uh, Vice Games, okay. not Waypoint. Um, <laughs> no, we can't call it that, not legally. <laughs> uh, uh, Pace Games, uh, Deorbital. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm Dante. Nice to see all at PAX West. <laughs> <laughs> Dante, this is your first panel, right? This is my first panel ever. Ever? Ever? Yeah. And first I was actually realizing panel. this may be in the exact same room I saw my first panel like years ago. Yeah. So You've come full circle. Full circle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, and I just realized this might be my last panel. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See ya, Dylan. <laughs> no more of these. Whatever. Sealed it. <laughs> same bullet can't? Uh, where there's original keep, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> and next to Dante, uh, we have... Uh, you might know their work from games such as Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, Pathologic 2, Mama Possum. It's Kevin Snow. Thank you. I'm Kevin Snow. <laughs> it is also Kevin's first PAX panel. It is. It is also Kevin's first PAX. It is. Woo! Um, in case, uh, out of curiosity, I asked this question at, when we did the panel at East. Uh, who has seen the panel before? Out of curiosity. All right. All right. Handful of you. Thank you for returning. <laughs> Um, for the rest of you, in case you don't know how this works, this is Hidden Gems. Um, I ask these fine folks up here to scour the show floor and pick out some uh, games, some stuff to, to bring to you. We do this for a, a number of reasons. One, uh, we don't want you to stand in lines all day. Uh, two, there are a lot of great developers out there making really awesome stuff, and it's really easy to uh, overlook them because there's just so much going on. Today, I hear there's a Final Fantasy motorcycle that you can ride for some reason. Wait, yeah. what? There's a Final they, Fantasy motorcycle. No, no, no. The biggest thing is that uh, if you've seen it, I forget which booth is. They're coffins. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a tiny build the booth. Coffins. It's for graveyard keeper. Yeah, graveyard yeah. Keeper. yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. tiny build, you can sit in the coffins and take <laughs> pictures. You can see what your death will look like in 2020 <laughs> today. Uh. All right, well, on that note, uh, <laughs> let's get started with some games. All right, we're going to start off with the Playdate. This is um, Panic's console, their handheld thing. Yeah, it's, it's Panic's. It's, it's a, the design is done by Teenage Engineering, who you might yes. know if you are into music things. Yeah. If you like synths, they make some ridiculous synths. I would argue they make the best synths. The best synths, <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, so if you don't know what this is, is is basically a handheld console that you uh, has the regular D-pad and then A and B face buttons, and then also a hand crank. And they are also uh, getting a bunch of like renowned creators to make games for it. Uh, Keita Takahashi, who did um, Katamari Damacy, uh, Bennett Foddy, known for getting over it with Bennett Foddy, uh, Zach Gage, who's done a bunch of really bad chess. Uh, <laughs> that's the first one that popped into my head, I guess. He's, doing that, he's working on that Flappy Bird Battle Royale game as well. And, and, and for people, I'll just ask, for people who haven't seen it, 
Uh, does the hand crank actually power the system? No, it does not. That'd be great, though. It'd be really cool. I think I think I at one point one of the developers was asked that, and they were like, "Well, no, it doesn't." But everyone's yes. asked us that, which sounds like maybe you should think about that for Rev Two, guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The hand <laughs> I, crank is just there for gaming fun. It's folks. for gaming reasons. <laughs> I did ask them about because like the, the so the only game they have demoing right now is the Kita Takahashi game, which I think is called like Time Adventure, Time Crank uh, Adventure. It's like. Cranking time adventure. Cranking man's time. I don't like no. that. I don't like that. Um, but <laughs> you, in that game, you use that hand crank a lot. Like, and you go, like, you're it's, like, well, it's the only ripping button, and tearing on it. Or it's yeah. the only, like, input method. Yeah, there's in the that. only interaction you do. And, uh,. I thought I was gonna break that thing off. I swear. <laughs> and it articulates like it can bend in multiple directions. So at one point it bent forward, and I was like, "Oh, I broke this. Oh, I'm gonna walk out of this booth now." Um, but uh, so I asked him. I was like, "So is this thing like tested for like a billion RPMs? Like, you have it like working well enough to like take all the stress?" And like, we have another revision <laughs> that we're gonna release soon. I was like, "All right." But it's cool because like it's I people are really championing this thing because it's like the, the indie handheld. It's definitely something that when you hold it in your hands, it makes sense why people are going gaga on this shit. Like it, it's it's that screen can't really be conveyed in a picture. It's, yeah. it's very very sharp, very specific. I, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's like I don't know. It's like a, it's a it's a. OLED, solely black and white. Yeah. It's not e-ink, which I Yeah, because everyone looks at it and thinks it's like e-ink or something like the old yeah. Game Boys or something like that, but it's actually a modern screen. Yeah. It's, it's just not backlit, I guess, is the thing. I, I don't think it's backlit. backlit. I'm not positive so. on that. No, yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. But the contrast is really good. Like, you can see that thing in the low light. It's like, it's it's really good. Um, Before we get off the subject of the crank, didn't you tell me earlier, Dante, that it's Lego compatible? Uh, no, that is another piece of teenage engineering uh, work, but oh, it's whoops. it's the type of thing that I think I would totally understand from you that. Walk Lego into that compatible? Yeah, yeah I this is into that conversation. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> uh, teenage engineering makes a synth called the OPZ that has a little crank that you can plug Legos into because it's Lego compatible, gotcha. which is anyway unrelated to Not the play date. At yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's move on. Mike. Oh wow! Star, so, Star so we go from like a beautiful little indie <laughs> thing to like oh have fun games to person burning alive. I, I selected the order of these slides literally a minute ago. Good. So. Yeah, uh, Star Renegades is sort of an RPG procedural uh, game, but it's so well done. And one of the things that the slides cannot necessarily convey. How good the backlit screen. <laughs> How dare you, sir? No, is the art direction on this. So, like, the background that you're seeing there, it actually, the, the way they work with a lot of different parallax, so it all looks very 3D, and the animation is top-notch. But I really enjoy uh, particularly hard, difficult, uh, turn-based RPGs of which this is of that style. Um, and it's just, it's, it's such a good looking game. Yeah. They, it looked good when I played it at Paxi's before they did the parallax thing. And then they showed off a trailer here and they were like, oh, this is what it's actually supposed to look like. And I'm like, how did you hide that? Well, that's what I was going to say because I, I forgot that like this game did have another art style before this where right. it was like, it looked more pure 2D. Right. And now it looks like it's, it's layered. It looks like, um, Octopath Traveler kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, that's okay. exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yes, it is very much in that Octopath Traveler. Like it's two D, definitely, but it is faking three D in a very interesting, beautiful way. 
and it uh, it hit me at PAX East, and then I played it again yesterday at uh, the ID at Xbox event, and it's still fantastic. Yeah. And that's being published by Raw Fury, so like yeah. publishers recognizing the the quality that's in it. It's also it's at the mix, correct? It's it's not on the show floor. Like I was just making sure. Uh, that's why I looked up. <laughs> at the mix tonight which yes. is right now yeah. please don't leave us <laughs> don't leave us but if you do that's a place to go <laughs> so for those that don't know what the mix is the mix is kind of an off-site thing that's also like an indie curation thing it happens one night uh, tonight only mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of there's, there's the mix tonight there's the six I think tomorrow yes. or the Sunday night um, unrelated thing just right. very similar yeah. name <laughs> they're, just, they're just indie showcases um, and they happen around around town um, but you can get if you look up if you google uh, media indie exchange which is what mix stands for you will find you can register and you can go in and they have like a press hour that's like i think now until like it's seven. right now yeah and then uh like a lot of these because uh pax is always a great place for indies but it is very hard to stand out on the show floor as it has grown larger and larger and i like carve out a bit of my time just to walk by and see stuff and be like oh that's cool um and that's partially why we have this panel. Yeah. Uh, my last one today is one of those that I saw today, didn't know existed, and I was like, oh, that that's, <laughs> that's my PG-13 jam. <laughs> uh, this is my game. Four yeah. Gone. Okay, Foregone. Uh, when I first saw this game, I'm like, dang, that looks like Dead Cells. And then I played it, I'm like, dang, that feels like Dead, Dead Cells. Cells. Um, this is not a bad thing. Uh, I would argue this is a very good thing. Forgon's a action platformer. You hit things with swords and weapons. You have like a you have a melee weapon and a long range weapon, um, and you can pick up new ones as you go through these levels. It feels like Dead Cells in that sense. It also has a similar sort of pixel slash three D art style. Um, what I thought was really cool about it is that unlike Dead Cells, it is going to have a linear campaign. It's going to have like a story and like kind of a more more character work that sort of thing. Uh, I talked to one of the um, not a developer, but I think she was a like a um, community manager type of role, and she was telling me that there's a it's a whole you know sci-fi story. You're playing this character named the Arbiter, who's that girl on the left, uh, and she's got swords and guns, and she has to fight through some ancient ruins and stuff. Honestly, I will say the thing that really wowed me about it is that you can do some really juicy feeling combat in that game. You know, you can you can do that. You can like hit dudes with swords and then slide underneath them and then yeah. hit them from the back and like turn around and shoot a gun at another guy. It just it feels very fluid, very fast, uh, very fun in that same way that I liked Dead Cells. Yes, Dylan. Uh, what <laughs> is is the Arbiter voiced by Keith David? No, not that I know of. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think the Arbiter is also female, so I don't know if Keith David would be like typecast for that role. Um, he does have range. Keith David does have range. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the game it looks very striking. I, I very much was kind of wowed by just like how good it felt. Honestly, right. um, that's what Dead Cells was when it first like it first played. It was like, wow, this plays. Really it plays well. really well. Um, also, just so you know, if you want to play this, this is in the packs. Rising? Yeah. Yes, the one on the yes. first, the fourth floor. Right. Um, it is right by the Borderlands yes. stuff. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, foregone. Cool looking game. Like it a lot. Does it have like a progression system, or is it more? I don't know. I know that in the demo version of it, basically the only progression system that I was encountering was like 
better swords, better guns. Gotcha. Uh, I like but, that. But when I was killing the bad guys, they'd pop out a whole bunch of orbs. And as we know, as gamers, orbs mean experience. <laughs> yeah. So Or health. Yeah, or health. Or something like that, at least. It means so, something. Yeah, I was getting a whole bunch of orbs. I assume those will do something in the full game. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was I was very impressed by it. Yeah. Cool. The, the one I get confused for this at this show mm-hmm. is uh, Blasphemous. I don't know if anyone's seen that one. Uh, this one's a little bit more Dead Cells. Blasphemous is a little bit more Dark Souls-ish. I, I don't oh, know if yeah. anyone else has played it. But it was also like a like an action platformer, right? Yeah. yeah. PAX Rising has like three action platformers that all seem pretty good. This one I basically picked because I... My opinion is I like Dead Cells-like games, but they've got a bunch of them there, so... Is that going to be a new genre, Dead Cells-like? Oh, no. I feel like it should be. I don't know if it is. Gotta <laughs> start pitching those pieces right now. That's what I'm yep. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, If Found. This is a new Annapurna game. Yeah, it is. Um, so I played If Found earlier at the Annapurna booth. Um, it's... A little tricky to explain. It's a narrative game where you're playing as this astronaut who's trying to discover like an unknown planet, essentially that they uh, that she's been researching, and you end up in this black hole. And your kind of primary mechanism for controlling the game is like an eraser, and you're going through the astronaut's memories prior to when she ended up in this black hole and you're erasing them kind of line by line, like you would erase like a pencil drawing. And in some cases, you're actually literally going through um, her diaries and erasing the words in them and erasing the doodles. Um, it's a really obviously melancholy game. Um, <laughs> and, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the demo's like probably about 20 minutes. It's... I got the impression that it was not anywhere close to like the full game or like the full story arc of the game. Um, and eventually in the demo, it does kind of bounce around in time um, rather than like always going backwards. Um, yeah, like I, by the end of the demo, I was getting like sad, like trying to erase as least, like the littlest amount I could so the game would let me advance, like erasing everything around a person's face until like cool. hoping the game would let me continue and I had to like erase their head too. It's, it's I don't know, it's it's really amazing. Um, and Annapurna has been like publishing some really incredible things lately. Um, I think this game is, I did like a little bit, it's by Dreamfeel, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. and I think Dreamfeel is at least two people, um, but I couldn't find credits anywhere, but... Anyway, it's really it's really interesting so, and sad. So does she only have like good memories to get rid of? Because oh, there no, are certain no, memories no. I just be like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> no, no, it, it gets real eternal sunshine even in the demo. Ooh. Like there's, oh. there's like there's like a fight with her mom, and I'm like, all right, I don't feel so bad erasing. This <laughs> but then you're like erasing a person's like personal development, and right. that gets mm. there's like a really interesting section like where you're erasing her diary, and like there's. There's parts where you can see that she like wrote over previous things she wrote over, like advice to herself, and you could tell that that was like the protagonist learning. So you're like erasing what she learned, and then like what led her to like have those realizations. It's really sad. <laughs> wow. Sorry. 
<laughs> it's a sad game. It's a sad game. If you like feeling sad, it's a good game. I feel like Annapurna has really been knocking out of the park on that stuff recently. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. On feeling sad. On, on feeling, feeling sad. sad. Games about feeling sad. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm feeling sad, I like when I play a sad game and I'm like, all right, someone else felt sad when they made this. <laughs> It's can, solidarity is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Sad game dev solidarity. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Oh wow. We Witchstone. Jumped, we jump back to me. We're back to you. Okay, <laughs> so so, so Witchstone is uh, from Spearhead Games, which is a developer that made uh, stories in Omen Sight. And they're pretty smallish, like B level developer, like twenty people tops. Um, but the game that they're sort of building here is in that same Obsidian, Larian-style isometric RPG, but they're trying some interesting ideas, like the demo I had. I walked into a room in a house that was not mine, and the guy was like, hey, man, we got a prisoner here. You're not supposed to be here. And I was like, well... I'm playing a demo, bud. So you gotta go. I gotta break all these pots. So I killed him and freed the other guy. The other guy ran away. And then I went out the back window. And then probably like another 10 minutes later, uh, I got a little notification like, the cops have found that body. And they're going to try to figure out who. And so I turned to the dev and I was like, do they know it's me? And he was like, no, they're gonna look at like evidence. So like you could stab a guy, kill him, and then take the knife and plant it on another dude and get him thrown in jail. And I was like, this is now my favorite game. (laughs) Do you know like how do you know how far that extends? Like how how much of a system have they built out there to like handle that sort of that sort of behavior? I mean that that was East. And okay. that was literally like their pre-alpha build. Oh, like wow. they were okay. missing a lot of assets. Right. Like they were definitely early on. Mm-hmm. And they are aiming high. And from what I had in the demo, like they're they're actually trying to execute on it. And I like this idea of the world that they're building, you know, like working against different factions, which is a pretty normal RPG thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of our RPGs as sort of fidelity moves upwards, uh, sort of the mechanical, uh, the interesting mechanical bits tend to fall off because it becomes harder to just make as many options or make as many choices or make as many, uh, like just adding voice acting all, mm-hmm. already brings your dialogue choices way down. So uh, they're definitely in sort of a space where they can't, rise to the obsidian or the in exile level so what they're they're promising sounds really good and and some of it did work in my demo that's really cool so uh i'm really excited about this like i love all those obsidian in exile larian studios like old school fallout games that sort of fell off Bioware. <laughs> you know, Wasteland Three is coming out soon. Like, I, I, I do. I do. Yeah. I'm really excited. For I don't know it. if you've heard, but there's a Baldur's Gate Three. There's a Baldur's Gate Three coming also out. Also from Larian, but yeah. and, and and they're my friends and I love them, but they won't talk to me about the game. <laughs> so it's struck from my memory. Like just like banging on the door of Larian. Let hey. me in. Whereas these guys will talk to me about the game. All right. And let me play it for like an hour. Which is absurd. <laughs> Fair New enough. best friends. Good. <laughs> we are now. All right. I put my name on this. this is actually Dante's. 
Oh, I messed that up. Oh, okay. oh wow. So Dante, as me, tell tell you about brave. Bravery Network. On. Hi, I'm Dylan. I run Wardcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Am I supposed to be offended by that? I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> no. uh, this game is called Bravery Network Online. Um, it is. Uh, I've seen this game at a couple events. Uh, it's, it's been touring around a few times. Uh, Bravery Network Online. If I were to explain it very reductively, I'm sorry if any of the devs ever hear this, but it feels very much like someone looked at Pokemon battling, like the six on six, one pl- character at a time thing, and said. What if we just make a game about that and remove kind of the extraneous Pokemon stuff, remove obviously the trappings of Pokemon, but focus on that sort of JRPG combat? And Bravery Network Online seems to be excelling at that. They're they're doing, uh, it's a five on five battle. It's set uh, on teams of five. So you kind of pick a team uh, and then you do the same style of multiple characters, but single character versus single character combat. Um, the art, which is extremely striking, is I believe done by. Oh no! If I get this wrong, I'm going to feel so bad. Um, because we are recording this. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is because I'm going to look it up right now so that I'm not <laughs> right, wrong. Well, let's stall for time. <laughs> no, I'm no, not no, going. No, wait, I'm, no, not, no, I'm no. going to keep talking. No, no, no. no. I got That's what I said. <laughs> um, I actually have an amazing anecdote while you're looking that up. Please do. I See, do know you, the designer. Uh, I know the designer of this game, and they would not be offended by the Pokemon comparison. Okay. I know this because. He is actually a competitive Pokemon player, and I know that because he has kicked my ass in online Pokemon <laughs> simulators before. Heck yeah. And then I never played competitive Pokemon again. <laughs> <laughs> I retired from the sport. Yes. Also, okay, I did look it up and I was right. The artist by a French artist named Guillaume Singelin, who is an incredible artist. I highly recommend looking up their stuff. But yes, the game itself, very strong. Obviously, it's, it's made by people who know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is the combat? like? Is like? Is it like you're actually using attacks, like elemental attacks, or like because it, there is as I understand uh, there's basically there are two types of attacks like there's a physical attack and then there's elemental attacks and they do slightly different things they can be used to counter that sort of thing the combat itself feels uh, akin to Pokemon battling where it's like you have moves those moves have uses right uh same. There's kind of a rock, paper, scissors. Counter rock, paper, scissors, etc. Um, I will say th- the art and the character variations are just really gorgeous and I think really sell this idea of like you don't need to put this in a Pokemon framework to have this have this battling system just seem fresh and interesting. Sure. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, I think that game's really cool. cool. Uh, is, is it on Switch, though? I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't know even how close they are, if they are at all close to release. Uh, I just know that it looks cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, it seems like I am a big fan of every game being on Switch, so I'm just going to optimistically say that it's going to be yes, on Switch. Yes, <laughs> You heard it here first. I'm sorry. Hidden Gems exclusive. I'm sorry to the devs. Um, <laughs> oh, Dante accidentally... Put, wow. Well, let's just do back-to-back. It's Dante again. What's up? I'm Dante. I'm no longer Dylan. Um, okay, this game's called Carrion. Uh, it's being published by Devolver. Um, the best way I would describe oh, this Devolver, game... Devolver, Devolver. So Devolver developer. Yeah. Um, I was reading the slide. Actually, Devolver twice. <laughs> I don't think Devolver is the developer. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's the best way I describe it is if you're familiar with the character Carnage from Spider-Man. This is like a game where you're Carnage. Um, you kind of play. Do you see that like red mass in the center? That's you. You're, 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 oh, oh. you're, you're the thing from John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. you're the thing, yeah. or like yeah, it's definitely that type of thing. So you're like this disgusting, gigantic red mass of tendrils, and you can kind of. 
weave your way around this like sort of kind of metroidvania thing except every time you run into humans you can just smash them into the wall um and you can like grab doors and throw them around it does yeah. a lot with physics stuff a lot of procedural animation work that i think is just really gorgeous in action right because um, you can stretch out you can and, stretch and out things. you can shoot like tendrils against things it's very disgusting very uh gory and grisly in a way that is just very satisfying to play. Right, and oh. because it's pixel art, it's pretty, like, low stakes and emotionally. Uh, yeah, no, 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 you don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel bad at all. But what, what I like about it is that there's a, uh, I was watching someone play it, and there's, when you watch a horror movie, you're usually from the perspective of not the monster, yeah. so you're, like, watching, it's the guy, like, nervously, like, pointing a gun at the door, waiting for the monster to spring, but in this, it's 2D, you're it's, it's side-scrolling, yeah. and you are the monster, yep. so you see the guy on the other side of the door, he's just like, huh, huh. It, it and you're is, like, what's up, and you just jump in and destroy them. <laughs> it's really interesting, because it totally re, it totally reframes that entire combat, because, of course, that guy was probably standing there afraid as all of his friends died outside his door, <laughs> but to you, it's like, next door, please, <laughs> like, <laughs> come on! Yeah, it's just a checkbox, like, all right, moving down the list. Moving on the list. Yeah, uh, yeah it's very fun. It's very, it's very, um, it's very satisfying to play. It's I a bet. very satisfying video game. Yeah, because oh. who who doesn't want fleshy Pac-Man? Yeah, it's <laughs> fleshy, disgusting, <laughs> oh, bloody right. Pac-Man. Wow. All right, you're definitely a writer. <laughs> this this is actually at the front of the Devolver Digital booth, so you can't miss you it. You can't miss it. Yeah. You will see it. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, <just> <laughs> Despite the fact that this is Devolver Devolver, yes, Devolver Digital, like yes. the listings at the bottom give you booth numbers and as well as the developer or publisher name. So like if you have the guidebook app, if mm -hmm. you just search what we have listed down here, it'll show you exactly where you need to go on the show floor. Oh, this is me. <laughs> so I, I actually oh. have to leave early, so this is why all of my stuff comes first. It's not because all of my opinions are correct. Um, <laughs> this is Phantom Brigade, and, and a lot of... Uh, my most recent indie game choices and loves are because there is a genre that died somewhere in between the like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 to PS4 era. And some indie dev is trying to actually bring it back. Mm -hmm. And Phantom Brigade is Front Mission. And I don't know if anyone else has ever played Front Mission here. But they were a fantastic set of tactical mech strategy games. Really? <laughs> really? I, I would throw a word this at you, sir, if I could. <laughs> um, but is it? Future Fireball? No, man. No. Because right, because that's Advance Wars. Thank you very much. That's what I was going to say. In Fire Emblem, you date them, you do not take their arms and legs off and put new arms and legs on them. That's not how well, it works. You play Blue Lions, let me tell you. Why would you do that? Golden Can Deer for life. <laughs> fear the deer, fear the deer, you know? Oh, what um, I, can I say this? I saw this game at E3. This was hands down my favorite game I saw at E3. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the trick here is where they changed it. It's still sort of the isometric uh, turn-based combat. But uh, if you see the red and the lines, that's where the enemy is going to move in their turn. And turns resolve in real time. So you make your decisions, they make their decisions, and then the turns sort of resolve as it happens. And there's a lot of weird, interesting physics in there, like 
if you say a tank is moving in a certain path and you clip it with your mech, like you can go falling over or you can shoot it and maybe, and I was talking to the developer and they were like, yeah, you can shoot out like a tank's tread and then it'll slide out. And I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't talk about shooting out a tank strip. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you can do that, and all the buildings are destructible. Um, and then you can plant the knife on a different tank. <laughs> yeah. and the cops will show up. The, the, the truth of both of these choices, uh, except for, you know, if found, uh, is that we, we are all digital sociopaths. <laughs> That's just the way it is. We talk about Kevin was erasing people's memories. Yeah. <laughs> That's emotional and beautiful, my friend. What's not emotional and beautiful about, like, removing some tank treads? I, I think it's very beautiful. Just one tank, it's like, I'm going to be the best tank ever. (laughs) That tank had a family. (laughs) But this is uh, definitely, I was talking to, huh? See? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I was talking to the developer, and I was like, front mission, and the developer was like, front mission, <laughs> but better. He's and I was ass. like, I do like uh, front mission. And also, <laughs> if you're a big mech fan, I was like, is there, like, missile spam? And if you've never seen, like, Macross or Armored Core, uh, you don't know what missile spam is, but it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And the dev was like, of course there's missile spam. And I was like, we're on the same wavelength. Can we live together? And they were like, no, go away now. But, uh, now yeah. I know why Larian won't take your calls anymore. <laughs> well, I think what's really cool about it is like, and you mentioned like the missile spread stuff, but there's also like since you can plot like, I want my mech to move in this direction, right. but shoot, shoot in, in this direction. direction. So they do the Gundam thing where they're like oh, yeah. sliding and best. like, and, and <laughs> since it's playing out, uh, resolving all of the moves at the same time, uh, what it does is it has this beautiful cinematic cam. So it's like you're making your decisions in this viewpoint, but then it's also like zooming in and like your mech has hit a tank and then flipped over and it's zooming in and it just, it's a fantastic playing and looking game. And I, I love it so much. It's so good. It's so good. It's like, so good. As soon as I finish playing it, I'm like, when is this coming out? Like, when can I have this? I want to play this one mission like 14 times. <laughs> and then they were like, 2020. I was like, what day 2020? I'm like, we don't know. I'm like, you're dead to me. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, chicory. A Colorful Tale, uh, the, the game formerly known as Draw Dog, if you've, if you've heard that name. Um, this game's currently being kickstarted, um, so if you play it, really like it, maybe maybe go and contribute to the Kickstarter. Um, it's made by uh, Greg Lobanov. Um, he previously made Wandersong, if you're familiar with that. There's kind of a, a running theme here. Dante and I were talking about it, about his games. Um, they uh, involve a lot of color. They involve some sort of um, uh, uh, sensory uh, aspect. And uh, you try to uh, relieve the world of its ills using said sensory aspect. It's very playful. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't There's puzzle stuff. Did just come out like last year? Did it? I don't know. Wow. That man works quick. Yeah. <laughs> Wander, I'm pretty sure Wander's Song came out last year. I'm I pretty sure it did. It, it was an IGF <laughs> this year, so that would, that would make sense. Yep. Um, but so the, the core conceit is that you are this dog that doesn't have a name, doesn't have it. So the default, so, okay. So if you've played... Uh, like uh, Undertale or, or Earthbound, where it's like, what's your favorite food? Um, you have to do that in this game, and that becomes your name. 
<laughs> and I was like, what's my favorite food? I was like, I don't feel like thinking about what my favorite food is. I was like, I don't know. There's an option for I don't know and just defaults to pizza. <laughs> pizza. Like, right, pizza. I like pizza. Pizza's fine. And it's like, hi, pizza. I'm like, who's pizza? Your pizza. What? Um, so, yeah. So, just go in knowing that. So, all the characters are, are like fun force critters and they're all named after foods. Um, and uh, so the conceit is that you have this brush that's like gifted to uh, Chicory, who is like the current like artist master, um, and they they provide the world with copious amounts of color and art and beauty. And something goes awry, and all the color drains out of the world. So you can go around and you you fill in color wherever you want. So there's a there's a brush tooltip that kind of shows up, and you can draw. It feels really good, like just moving the brush around. Like it has like a weird like. Like if you've done painting and there's like resistance when you paint with the brush, like it it almost in, it imitates that digitally, and I don't know how it does it. Kind of broke my brain a little bit. It, it feels real good to you. I mean, it feels that, that's the thing about I think a lot of Greg's games is that they they feel like they feel fun and playful. Like yes. there are puzzles involved, but the tools are there so you can play around. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a very laid back demo. Like you yeah. go and you you understand like the the introductory story beats and stuff and you and you mess around the town but like and it starts introducing you to like the base puzzle stuff um but like and then there's like an option on the start screen where it's like all right do like some real puzzles or something and i i I didn't do that but like if you play like the actual demo they have set forth and you're like all right but like where's like the meat of this game it's like i think they have that kind of set aside that you can also also try out something i really liked about the painting when i was checking it out is like it sounds good too it's like really wet and sploshy yep. like i was yeah. playing like splatoon or super mario sunshine or something yeah it's very satisfying and you can choose different like brush sizes yeah and if you use a really big one you're just like i'm painting everything yeah. it's just like it goes outside the lines and it's pretty good also i would say the soundtrack is by lena rain who you might ah, know from yeah. celeste yeah um, right yeah very different style of music here but still sounds incredible yes kevin all right. Did you put a typing game? <laughs> yes, I did. As one of the recommended. Okay. Yes, I did. So, I look. Okay. Are we gonna have to have an argument about typing games? Typing of the Dead. Typing of the Dead is fantastic. Typing of the Dead is hey, one look, of the best hey, games. I, ever I don't made. even think I've, I've played Typing of the Dead, so I'm sure okay. it's fine. Well, there you go. That's my that's don't my be hidden gem from Dylan, two decades geez. ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Touch type tail. That is a mouthful. <laughs> I have not tried to say that out loud before. Oh, TTT. TTT. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's this is it's really odd. It's like it's a real time strategy game, but it's also like a typing game. And I was kind of drawn to that because, as I just expressed, I actually love typing games because I type really fast, so I'm really good at them. Um, so I started playing this and. It's like pretty reminiscent of like any like base management uh, real time t- real time strategy game, and that like you have resources which you acquire by like entering a certain space and typing like really fast, like you're playing <laughs> Typing of the Dead essentially. Um, and then you're building other buildings, you're building units, and you're telling those units to move by also typing words, which you can kind of see in the screenshot. <laughs> like there's some like little troops on the left hand side there and you can see on each pathway there's a word Mm. you type that word to make that squadron move in that direction um and based off of that what it what i'm kind of getting to what i found interesting about the game is it's not just about how fast you can type although that does help and it does track that and then like after each mission it does give you um like your accuracy and your speed of course because that's the real reason that you know (laughs) these typing games are so enjoyable um 
but it's not just about how fast you type, but also how well you micromanage, since it is a strategy game, like actually ended spending too much time in the minds typing the same word over and over because I was really enjoying it without realizing <laughs> that I had actually filled up on all the resources I could acquire from that location and all of my other buildings, like my farms, were just sitting there waiting for me to go over to them. Um, so I'm actually not very good at the game. <laughs> yeah, that, that was going to be my question. If like, like if you type eagle to like make a unit, like would you just type eagle over and over again? No, 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 no. The words okay. will change when they get oh, to that okay. location. So you actually have to take your attention away from them while they travel and do something else while they're traveling for a couple of seconds. Hmm. It actually gets really fast paced the way you have to like switch up your task. Um, so yeah, it's like it's really interesting in like a brain feel kind of way. Cause, um, yeah, it also has multiplayer. Like I, I played against my partner, and unfortunately, I had a tutorial ahead of them, so it, it was a little unfair. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun. And um, the developers, uh, Pumpernickel, are from Germany, and they were really nice to talk to. And I had a good time in the booth typing. So, what, <laughs> so what's like the fail state for this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's oh really yeah. Satisfying. Did you play this like, with a mechanical keyboard? Oh boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh boy. Also, it's fully you. controlled by keyboard. There's like no oh. mouse. There's nothing. Like if you want to change buildings, you type the word above the building, and that changes like what you're selecting. Huh. Um, yeah, it, it's really satisfying. <laughs> uh, the win state is so you kind of can see in the screenshot. There's like a blue team and a red team. Mm. It's like versus, kind of like Advance Wars or any other strategy yeah. game. Like you send your units over there, you like you beat them out with resources and your army, and you destroy their stuff. Cool, cool. But That's what like cool. what happens when you mess up a word? Does it just like reset the word or? If you mess up a word, um, it pauses, but you can backspace to kind of unselect. Something I'm really curious about that I didn't ask is how, you know, that's your user interface is typing a word, but no word that's on screen at that time ever starts with the same letter because otherwise then the game wouldn't know what to select oh, because yeah. oh wow I'm not really sure how they handled that from a coding <laughs> so perspective, can, but it's cool. There can only ever be 26 words on the screen. Exactly. I suppose so, yeah. yeah it's a limitation. <laughs> huh. mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, plunge is a, uh, a really cool game I first played at uh, GDC last year, so 2018. So I replayed it today. He gave me the pitch. Uh, basically, imagine a Link ice sliding puzzle, but mm -hmm. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the conceit is that you play as like a, a playable character. Um, it was like one of three in the demo, and you slide around in this uh, little. It's it's roguelike ish, so you like you have runs and stuff, and there's like a hub world. Um, he said it wasn't procedurally generated, but it's uh, like procedurally selected what mm -hmm. levels you get. So it's like you're not always going the same sequence of levels, but so those will change, but all of them are are custom made. Um, they so you slide around and basically you you bump into things when uh, you hit like a corner or another enemy so you can slide you slide into an enemy to attack and you slide like into corners to like navigate yourself um, and basically every floor has like a key and you grab that key to unlock basically there's like a cellar door opens up and then you jump into it and like it's really cool because all the blocks like fly out of the scene and then you're flying through blackness for a little bit and then you land into the next one um, it also has kind of that if you've played like Crypt of the Necrodancer or Cadence of Hyrule I was about to say is it, is it more like a almost a puzzle game yes, than yeah. it is actually yeah yeah, because it, it so you can see this like uh, pink square underneath the player character where it's it's signaling to you that the next move mm. that 
enemies are going to attack. Hmm. Um, so you start learning about positioning, being like, okay, well, I don't want to get in front of this enemy right now because they're about to attack and, and moving around like that. It's very fun. It's um, it's one of those games where, like, even if you're, like, anywhere adjacently interested in, like, speed running, you can, like, immediately feel really good about yourself. Be like, pop, 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 pop. All right, clear that floor. Pop, 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 pop. Clear that floor. Pop, 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 pop. Um, and, yeah, it's just it just feels good to, like, move around. It, like, it takes out a lot of the friction and, like... Puzzle games or action games. Like a lot that. of the friction when you're sliding. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> you got it. You got it. We we writers live purely on puns. It's just it, when you're by yourself, just like, oh, this pun feels so good. <laughs> Feed these poor machine souls. <laughs> Enjoy their puns. I will say I've played this game a couple times, and I think it's a really interesting take on. Uh, roguelike combat like I legitimately don't know if I've played anything else that feel that has used this sort of mechanic you know it's, yeah it also you have a you have, as you can tell from that screenshot you have like a very high degree of information given to you mm-hmm. so it's less about like twitch reactions and much more about you know, treating it as a puzzle like okay where do I move next in order to maximize my move and also not die <laughs> yeah um, yeah um, if you want to talk about devs you make an obscure comparison of a game to and they like recognize it immediately. Oh, yeah. If anyone's played the mobile game Tomb of the Mask, uh, it's very similar to the way this feels. And I was like, "Hey, Tomb of the Mask, you play this?" Like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I was like, "Sweet, sweet, 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 sweet." That's like the instant way to get in good with a dev. They're like, oh, "All right, we're on the same wavelength." Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's less of an elevator Vader pitch you have to make. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. How do uh, you pronounce this, Dante? Mutation. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, mutation, okay. man. No, I don't think that's what it is. It's because Italian. I, I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> but then I talked to one of the devs, and I think he pronounced it mutazione, like with an a, with the with the up at the is end. Is he Italian? No, <laughs> he was American. <laughs> uh, and apparently, the team is mostly based in Copenhagen, so I do not know exactly how you're supposed to pronounce it. Regardless. <laughs> um, this game is uh, really, really interesting. Uh, you are playing as that girl with the like white t-shirt who's strangely sort of in the back of this scene. Um, and she is going to a town that is populated primarily by mutants. And they are all mutants because there was a great asteroid impact that basically killed off a huge population in this area and everyone left became mutants. And as mutants, they're all like, some of them have weird abilities and some of them just look kind of weird and some of them are like animals and some aren't. <laughs> it's very charming and there's this is not a combat game this is a walk around and learn the town and garden type of game and there's a lot of conversations and conversation trees my favorite thing um and it's just it was immensely charming in a way that i was really not expecting it's it's the type of thing like if this is a really obscure obscure example but i'll do the thing that you just did uh if anyone's familiar with the anime yokohama shopping trip all right, yeah, a little bit. Oh yeah, got okay. one fan. Um, Yokohama Shopping Trip is a game about the apocalypse. Earth game. It's an anime about the apocalypse where these two android girls go on a shopping trip. It's set against the apocalypse, right? But but the the things that are happening in this story are not related to it. They're not combat. It's about living here and learning what it's like to live in this world. And I, I very much felt those vibes out of this name. It's a game, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was—I thought it was very, very charming, very interesting. Um, yeah. I love the look of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. By the way, yeah, the art style—very cool. Very, uh, it feels very storybooky. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about it. And I was like, this looks like a 
sort of more painterly version of uh, I don't know if you played After Party, oh, which yeah, is from the Oxen Free devs. And it's very Oxen Free. That was the game I was trying to think of. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's very Oxen Free. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it looks real interesting. I mm-hmm. enjoy that. Mike, I know you're short on time. I oh, am oh, short oh. on time. <laughs> Do you? I'm trying to give you an out so you don't feel bad if we <laughs> leave the conversation. That's true, folks. <laughs> folks, I have another panel at 7.30, so I must go. And I've already given you the best games that you're going to see. Okay, okay. that's kind of so you don't need really the rest I'm of the I'm not done yet. You can go yeah. with me. Oh, Mike. Mike. Do you? I mean, yeah. Dante's games are done, right? Uh, Is this a very targeted I have one more. I have two more, I think. Do you? Oh, you, I don't know. Do, never mind. We'll that. find out. I don't never know. mind. One, no, I have games, one more. Sorry, I have one more. All the best games already happened. For That's us. no. no <laughs> wow. there, there's going to be some other excellent games because I've seen the list already. Good. So uh, and it's enjoy great. Enjoy them. It's great. But I must go. Thank I love you for you hyping all. us up. Yes. Thank you. Mike. Back yes. to my planet. Everyone say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Mike's got a lot of awesome panels this weekend. I have a list of some of them at the end <laughs> if you want to catch him later. Yes. He was just upset you didn't like typing at the dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Kevin. Wooden nickel. Wooden nickel. Wooden nickel has an elevator pitch so neat and elegant that I actually wrote it down and I'm going <laughs> to read it to you. Wow. A narrative adventure set in a frontier town of the great remorseless Old West. That's just a clean sentence. I like it. So what it is, is, other than that, um, kind of the way you play it is, it's really interesting. Like, for most of the game, it looks like a newspaper, mm-hmm. and you're kind of selecting, like, headlines from this newspaper, and then when you choose that article or headline, it takes you to a small vignette. Uh, like, one that uh, was really funny was, it was an ad that had, like, a little picture, very like illustration, graphic designerly picture of like a cactus and it said, see the great desert it's great <laughs> and when you select that advertisement for the great desert, it's great it takes you to, as you would expect the great desert and you kind of walk around this place and you interact with the things that are there and then stories play out and time passes as you're selecting these headlines And then you get the next day's edition of the newspaper with the new headlines that respond to choices that you made in these short little vignettes that you play out after selecting the headlines, which is like really fascinating from like a narrative perspective. And like my brain is like jumbled a bit trying to think of how they like pulled it off. Um, Because like Dante, you played it too, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I I I played this game and I was. Sincerely not expecting it to have the level of kind of depth and responsiveness that it had. Can I tell like a story that I had yeah, from yeah, it? Okay. Go for it. All right. So I did this thing where on the first day there was an ad saying like there's thieves in the woods and they're robbing people. And I clicked on that headline and it takes me to the woods and I'm looking at these trees and like the trees are really pretty. And then a thief comes out and he's like, hey, uh, I got a gun. Go into the back of the woods and you'll find a caravan that we robbed. I want you to take this stuff from there and sell it and bring us the money. So I go to the back of the woods, and then it's like, do you want to take this stuff and sell it for them, or do you want to run away? And I ran away because I wanted to see if I could fight the guy. You can't fight the guy. He shoots a gun at you. Anyway, the next day, there's a headline that says, all the books were stolen from this school. And so you go there, and you talk to this lady, and she's like, hey, I lost all my books from my school. Can you go 
pick them up. And I'm like, oh, I know where those books are because I did the thing with the thief. So I go back and I can go back to the caravan again. And this time I can choose to take the books out of the overturned caravan. So I take the books and I bring them back to the lady. And then the day after that, it says the school's open because the books are back. And then afterwards, I went to the dev and I'm like, okay, so what would have happened if I didn't take, if I if I took the thief's deal on the first day? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't, it would have been completely different. There's actually like four or five different ways that can play out depending on what you take from the caravan, what you sell, how exactly you do it. Uh, he was saying like, well, one option is you could have taken the trunk from the caravan, sold that, made good with the thief, go back for the books, and then bring those to the, to the teacher, but you won't be quite as happy that if you brought the whole thing. So it's like, there's all this layers of stuff that are dizzying like and that was three days of the game it's gonna be like an eight day it's uh, when i talked to him he said it was gonna be like eight days in the entire game so interesting fascinating i feel like if you like like the like the what the the nonary games on the on the ds where they had like just huge amounts of branching it feels kind of like that but by an indie team and it looks totally different (laughs) do you only select one headliner is like multiple headlines you can choose from like an in a given day i um so it depends it it kind of depends, but like there's usually about like eight to ten headlines because it's one of those like old format newspapers from like the 1800s <laughs> like that is like yeah, huge yeah. amounts of text and like little illustrations. It's not like one huge headline and one huge competing story or anything like that. Um, and then as you play through each vignette that's tied to each headline and article, time passes a little bit. Like mm-hmm. when when you start one, it says it's morning, it's early afternoon, it's mid-afternoon. And then by the time you reach night, um, that's when your character that you're playing kind of goes back to the uh, like hotel he's staying at mm-hmm. and goes to sleep. And then he gets the newspaper under his door for the next day. Yeah. Cool. Kine. Is how you pronounce this? Kine. I was told. Yes. I was told <laughs> yeah. by the developer. Um, uh, apparently, it was short for kinematic, so it was originally going to be kine. <laughs> and then she <laughs> said she took it to a, uh, a UK game show, and there was this little British kid that came up and was like, Mom, I want to play Kine. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's the name now. <laughs> Can't correct this little kid. Can't <laughs> um, let that kid down. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let the poor British little child down. Um, so the conceit is you play as musicians, but they're not musicians. They're the musicians' instruments, but they, like, personify the musicians. She said it's intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you are uh, playing this jazz trio of instruments. There's drums. There is a uh, piano and a, an accordion tied together. There's one other one. I can't remember. I, I'm not sure. You got the main ones, though. Oh, it was, like, a trumpet, I think, yeah. was the other one. Um, so basically it's like, what was that? What was that? It's hard to describe. Yeah. 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 What, what's that PlayStation game? Is it the cube game? You know what I'm talking Intelligent about? Cube? Intelligent cube. Yeah. Yeah. Like that puzzle game where you roll the cube mm-hmm. around. Um, it's kind of like that where it's a grid based system and you're rolling around these little environments and you're trying to get to the end and the end is always like a book of sheet music. And when you land on it, like that's the end of that level and then you move to the next one and there's like little, uh, narrative components tied into it. So like, um, there's somewhere you play with like two different instruments and they're like, Hey, we're meeting for the first time. Like, let's do a duet together. Um, and basically they all have different suites. So like, here's the drum that you're playing as. And the drum has two symbols on either side of it. And when you roll around, so it has six faces, but each face does something different. Some faces do nothing. You can just roll with it normally, but the two sides that have the, the, the symbols on them, you can push mm-hmm. away from you. So it's like, the, the drum always has like an extended arm 
that you can kind of slide around and it operates differently depending on where it is. So like if the symbol is like on the floor and you hit it, you will push yourself up. But if the symbol is like sometimes just like across a gap, we're not across a gap, but like on the other end of this uh, thing, you will like slide down it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of like racking your brain to like figure out the configuration of like what side to lay the thing on and where to push and pull. Um, it's it's an interesting puzzle game because it's not like usually when I think of puzzle games, I'm like, oh, I can see, I see the code, right? Like mm-hmm. I can see immediately, like like I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with it, and then I immediately see like the entirety of the thing to and, and solve it. But this is much more like, all right, I'm gonna kind of like I'm gonna fail a lot, and there's no real fail state. There's no failing out. It's like, okay, I'm gonna try this. All right, that didn't really work. I'm gonna try that. All right, that didn't really work. Um, and then you you eventually like slowly through the process you get one step correct and then you get another step correct and you, and you keep doing that um but it's it's an interesting game the the way that it's like a little bit more complicated than intelligent cube uh it kind of reminds me of i'm blanking on the name of it but that uh oh box boy box boy for ds okay okay it feels like box boy but kind of in 3d uh, okay. <laughs> which makes it way more complicated yeah. <laughs> um, uh but yeah it's, it's it's really it's a fascinating game the art is also really cool i like it it feels very sketchy and yes. like goofy um yeah yeah fun. she said that uh, gwen frey made this game and she previously worked on like uh flame in the flood um and she's like uh ex-rational yeah, developer <laughs> um she said that sh- the game was like code complete like a year ago, and then they did all the art for it, um, and then it's also it's it's uh, on the Epic Store, so like mm-hmm. they, they, that helped them out, like her find people to, to to hire to do all the the art direction and stuff. But it's, it's a pretty it's a really fascinating game, and mm-hmm. it's, it's good at signaling like where you should, what will happen next. So like here you can kind of see there's like a shadow on the ridge, and that means like that's that's the height. Mm. of of the drums and that's where it's going to land so like when you're mm. in this position which is like the extended pogo when you, you can get across gaps because you rotate right. over it's really weird because you know you think you're rotating a cube but sometimes you're rotating a uh, rectangular prism right right yeah. <laughs> i know i know shapes there you go you got it <laughs> I know forms. i'm not i'm not making fun of you for that that was the correct term <laughs> thank you very much um I think that is the last game we had showcased. So. Oh, we have the Super Blade oh, picture that's of Dante. Me. Hi. Uh, Dante. <laughs> that's, um, my picture's pretty old. I should have given you a newer picture. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Google helped me out. Um, but yeah, so those are all the games we have. Like I said, we those all listed like uh, what booths they're at, where you can find them. Uh, I'm going to sh- highlight our guests here and where you can find their great stuff. Dante, you can find at Video Dante on Twitter. Uh, yes. Like I said, his writing's at Vice Games, Pace Games, D-Orbital. Anywhere else you have uh, my stuff? My website is... Your website. HTTP slash slash Dante dot cool. You can go there. Um, well, you forgot has, the colon, so it's not going to... Yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Whatever. <laughs> HTTP colon slash Thank slash you. Dante you. dot cool. You ruined my cool joke. Anyway. Um, made a better one. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I write a lot of things. I am spend too much time on Twitter. Uh, follow me there. Yeah. You don't put the S on it. It's not secure. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just info What's your security oh. certificate, Dante? Yeah. Thank shit, you very much. Shit. You have secure socket layers turned on? God. Uh, Mike Williams, you can find him at Automatic Zen. Um, like I said, he's a reviews editor over at US Gamer. You can find his work at US Gamer. He is on a lot of panels this yes. weekend. If you search, this is like this is like not even half of them. Um, but if you search Mike Williams in the guidebook app, you'll sh- see all of his. Um, he's doing... The Twisted Timeline of Metal Gear Solid as a panel. Uh, I did the Assassin's Creed Timeline one with him at East. 
That was a trip. That's, that sounds uh, like a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like um, four hours to get through that. He's doing a deep dive into the visual storytelling of Final Fantasy VII, and then he's also on GameSpot's The Best Games We Thought We Wouldn't Like. And so it has some GameSpot people. I think Abby Russell from Giant Bomb's also on there. Cool. There's a bunch of awesome nice. people on that on that panel. Um, Kevin, you can find them at Brave Mule. Um, you can also find their work on these games, Pathologic 2, Signs of the Sojourner, Southern Monsters, The Silence Under Your Bed, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. <laughs> And I am just a screaming mule head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you see that symbol, that is Kevin. Um, But yeah, also, uh, this panel is being recorded uh, as an episode of my podcast where we showcase uh, indie games and and developers and people. These fine folks have both been on the podcast at different times. Um, uh, Dante, we talked about like games, media, and the intersection of that with with gaming. Mm -hmm. Kevin, we talked a lot about narrative design. And hurricanes. (laughs) And hurricanes. That's a tough time when we talk. Yes, (laughs) yes. I sound pretty exhausted in that one. Um, And so you can find this episode when it goes up um, on our website, word-games.com. You can also find it, you search for Wordcast on any podcast app you use. Um, I'll also put up all of these slides on our Twitter account, at Word Video Games. Um, So if you're like, oh, I wanted to check out this game, but I forgot what booth it was at, you can find it there. I also use the hashtag Pax Hidden Gems to showcase all of them. But uh, yeah, anything else, guys? Thanks for coming. Uh, Have a good rest of Pax. It's only day one. (laughs) Day one of 800. Oh, God. Thank you for coming.